0: Every epic adventure needs a treasure map, and every career journey needs a purpose and strategy. Let's take this trek together. I'm Megan Valley,
1: And I'm Brad Minton.
0: This is Your Career GPS. Welcome back to Your Career GPS, the podcast designed to help teens, young adults, college students, and new grads navigate their personal career journey. Last week we were still talking about Fuel for the Road, part two, speaking about strengths and how to prepare your own vehicle, yourself for this upcoming journey. It was really exciting and great to be able to dive into that topic for two good solid weeks, um, really identifying how we can, you know, see those values, those priorities that we hold, and let that power the drive and move forward. So focusing and kind of keeping that interest and strength topic in mind, today we're diving into the next topic.
1: Absolutely, and we are so excited that you're back with us again, and today we're tackling another important assessment before we start this trek, before we take this amazing journey, and this is really about assessing the terrain, knowing the roads ahead, and being able to determine. Through the self exploration that you've been doing and really understanding how you're wired, whether or not these roads are designed for your vehicle, right? So, we're going to dive in today towards natural preferences, understanding your personality type and whether or not your personality type is suitable for these roads. So, I am so excited today. We have an incredible guest. Her name is Edith Richards. Edith Richards has helped thousands of people locate and sustain meaningful employment. Edith understands the struggles of career change, job search, interviewing, and strategic career planning because she's been through it herself. She's lived it. With a master's in career counseling, a bachelor's degree in English literature, and several industry certifications, Edith has blended her backgrounds as a therapist, writer, and trainer to launch A Top Career, a Washington, D.C.-based consulting firm that empowers people to clarify values, resolve stressors, and balance personal priorities with professional pursuits. Edith's coaching style is compassionate, yet honest and authentic. She has worked with clients from a variety of backgrounds, creative professionals, transitioning military, entrepreneurs, recent grads, and many, many more. Edith was one of the first 50 people worldwide to achieve the Myers-Briggs Master Practitioner Credential. I'm so excited that she has joined us today. I can't tell you how excited I am. She's a personal friend of mine. She was so instrumental in the early days of my career. So welcome, Edith.
2: Hi, Brad. Thanks so much for having me here today. I'm really excited too.
1: So Edith, I want to go ahead and dive right in. I know that this has been a particular topic of significant interest for you, and it's something that you have devoted your entire career towards mastering and developing. So I was curious, what got you fascinated with this concept of personality type, and how do you incorporate it into your work every day?
2: Well, speaking about curiosity, uh, I'm just naturally a very curious person. And mostly what I'm curious about are people. I mean, I just love talking to people and I love asking people, you know, what do you think about this? Whatever topic it is that we're talking about, what was it like growing up in wherever it is that you grew up? Uh, And my dad's really like that too. Uh, He asks a lot of questions. So I grew up uh, watching him ask all kinds of questions to people. But I also watched how people reacted to being asked those questions. And sometimes I could tell from People's body language—that the the questions were were too personal, or people just didn't <laughs> like people didn't like being put on the spot. So you know, I always try to be mindful about uh, what I asked and who I asked. But I was still curious, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, initially that curiosity um, took a, a a cultural context. So I did uh, I did a study abroad in France when I was in college, and after college, I. Went to live in Korea and I lived in Korea for six years and I got to travel a lot and I was really fortunate. And every place I traveled, I tried to learn about the people from a cultural standpoint. And I just found it fascinating how different people communicate. And um, being in those situations at the time, I don't think I ascribed it to personality and personality differences. But now looking back, I can say that personality influences culture and culture influences personality. So when I came back, um, I came back to the U.S. and I I worked in, in a place where uh, one day we had an afternoon of professional development, and we took the Myers-Briggs assessment. And it turned out that my type is ENFP. And what I found that was really interesting about that experience is uh, the people at that job that I felt most connected to were the ones who were most similar to me in terms of personality. I mean, they were the ones that I, um, I meshed with the best, I guess, so to speak. So I started reading about my personality type and I'm like, oh my gosh, where has this been all of my life? This explains everything. And, uh, (laughs) and being who I am, um, we ENFPs get really excited about new things and we just want to share it with everybody. (laughs) <laughs> so, uh, so, <laughs> so that's exactly what I did or what I tried to do. And, um, and that was a big part about, you know, why, why I continued with my studies, um, why I wanted to become a counselor. And, you know, I could never figure out what I wanted to be when I grew up. And I finally figured out that a big part of that indecision was because of my personality type. Um, mm-hmm. But I loved the idea of helping other people figure out what they want to be. So, um, fast forward a couple of years and I was applying to this job, uh, at a college in their career development office. And I met this, I, I met the woman who was in charge of the interview panel and she asked me, and it was, it was kind of one of these moments where it was like on the down low because you're not supposed to ask these questions in an interview. Right. But she said, <laughs> "She said, are you an ENFP? <laughs> <laughs> and I was, I was a little startled. I was a little startled, but I said well, yes. How did you know? And she's like, because I'm an ENFP too. And <laughs> oh my gosh. And, and anyway, and anyway, I got that job. And uh, the woman, you know, she became a mentor to me. And she's a huge reason why I began uh, delving into this world of Carl Jung, and ultimately, uh, a Jungian, uh, Jungian archetypes and using that knowledge to help others to learn about their personalities. I think you asked me another question about incorporating um, type theory into into my work. So I've always been very clear that my role as an administrator of the assessment is to facilitate a discussion with my client or with my group. If I'm giving the assessment to a group of people, Um, my role is to facilitate a discussion that will assist in my client's self-awareness. Because the more we can understand ourselves, uh, our wants, our desires, how we're motivated, how we're not motivated, um, all of these things can help us to make better career and life decisions. And, you know, there's, um, as you all know, there's 16 different Myers-Briggs types. And the metaphor I like to use when I'm introducing this concept of personality type is a house with 16 rooms.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. And Love it. we, yeah, mm-hmm. we, all we all go to different rooms from time to time and we may enjoy spending more time in some of these rooms than others, but we have our favorite room and that's the room where we feel most comfortable and most able to be ourselves. And that's what learning about your personality type should be. It should be validating. Um, and in terms of, um, of using, uh, Myers Briggs and career development. So there's been a lot of research into in into Myers Briggs and and career paths. And over the last thirty years, uh, the research has has proven that people do self select into college majors and career fields based on personality type. Mm, so so yeah, but yeah yeah. But with that said. Your Myers-Briggs type uh, isn't going to reveal everything about you. And that's also an important point to make here. You're still a unique person. You still have unique challenges and interests aside from your personality type. And so, so again, I think the, the value of that assessment really comes from the conversation that you have with uh, the person who, who's administering it. I mean, anybody can go online and they can take a, a, a freebie, like a, a quote unquote test And, Mm -hmm. you know, those are not statistically reliable. They're not validated for particular purposes. But again, what's missing, missing is, is, uh, the ability to have that conversation with someone who can put your personality type into perspective and put that information into a context that's meaningful to you where you are at this moment in your life. So in all of my years of, um, of giving the assessment to individuals and, and groups and in various settings and academia and corporate settings, um, the the one thing I've found is that the tool. So so in this case, the Myers Briggs assessment isn't nearly as important as the interpreter in helping people use that information um, to enhance um, their motivation, their communication, how they make decisions.
1: Oh, yeah. you are dead on correct. So I am so glad that you brought up that point, Edith, because that is that is so. Uh, prevalent today that people will jump online, they'll take an assessment, they'll take a test and say, oh, it says I'm a ISDJ or a ENFP or, or any of those types. And, and they just read it on a screen and and they say, okay, that's me. And, and never ask about application, never ask any other further questions about how to use it. And that interpretation part is so important.
0: And I really love hearing that excitement and that enthusiasm (laughs) in your voice, Edith, you know, I'm an ENFJ, so we have a lot of commonalities here. (laughs) Um, But one of the the most exciting things for me was hearing you talk about that curiosity first. This goes Mm -hmm. hand in hand with what we've been talking about leading up to this moment. You know, that curiosity led you to discovering this passion and this Thing that just drives you now, and that you utilize daily. (laughs) And so so it's just perfectly aligned with you know everything we've been exploring lately. Um, and with that, you know, we're throwing around all of these letters, and of course, we have students and audience members out there who maybe are not as familiar. So, what is personality type, and how is it important to our career development? So let me start by
2: saying this. Uh, So. The the Myers Briggs is a system. It's just one system of measuring a binary distribution of four pretty broad based dichotomies of personality. And it's based on this concept of um, quote unquote preferences. And other uh, assessments, uh, psychometrics are not measured this way. And a simple example of this concept of preferences. So, So Brad, I'm going to put you on the spot here just for a second. And I know you're going to forgive me. I'll beg for your forgiveness on this. Um, Totally fine. (laughs) So I know that you're, um, so you're an introverted type, Brad. That Um, is correct. And, but that just because you're an introverted type, it doesn't mean that you can't also be extroverted sometimes, right?
1: Mm -hmm, Um, In fact,
2: there's probably a lot of times by just by virtue of what you do for a living, your job and your life that you have to, Draw upon your extroversion, but you have a preference for introversion, and mm-hmm. what that means is the behaviors that are associated with introversion come much more easily and naturally to you. Um, yeah. So that's where this whole concept of um, of personality type preferences comes in. So obviously there are four dichotomies of. Personality that the Myers Briggs is measuring. So the first one is introversion and extroversion. Uh, the second one is sensing and intuition. Third one is thinking and feeling, and the fourth is judging and perceiving.
1: Hmm. Absolutely. And and so those uh, those four dichotomies that you mentioned. You know, it's it's kind of like a natural preference, you know, you're, you're, you're going to lean a little bit more towards one side or the other, but it doesn't mean that you can't, you know, utilize that other preference.
2: Right. But, and I think where the value of, of this really comes in is that when you learn where you fall most naturally and comfortably, you're going to be able to be more of your authentic self. Uh, You're going to be, you're going to be more engaged, and as a result, you're going to be more productive. So that's the theory. And um, really, the verbiage is uh, just by going going back to this concept of preferences, we really should be, you know, I, I don't want to just say, Brad, you're an introvert, because really, the correct terminology is, Brad, you have a preference for introversion. Uh-huh. And and by using that verbiage, that implies that, you know, you have a, a natural tendency towards towards introversion. It doesn't mean that you can't be equally effective in using extroversion. It's just a muscle that you're you're gonna develop over time as the need arises or not. Life experiences often dictate how much or how little we we use our our preferences.
1: You know, and I'm so glad that you you brought up that point. And what you mentioned about the language about you know how we speak about type how we speak about preferences is it's not you know you're in this category and you know or or a room in a house and you can never leave that room yeah right right <laughs> this is who you are <laughs> i kind of associate that like uh, you know maybe a very common misconception that people have and that kind of going off my my previous point is that people will take a test and and say this is just who I am. And, and that's, that's all that I am. And so that, that got me thinking about what are maybe some of the other misconceptions that you commonly hear and you commonly experience as somebody who, who works with this assessment tool all the time?
2: Yeah. Uh, there, there's a lot of misconceptions there um, about the Myers-Briggs. Uh, and um, th- there's this tendency, and, and I read about it a lot. There's so many articles and, and podcasts that are criticizing it. The the tendency in in my opinion, and, and it's really um verging, I think, on dangerous to do this, and, and that's to to pigeonhole people. That's kind of what you were alluding to, I think, is mm-hmm. um pigeonholing people based on their personality type, or even worse, using personality type as some sort of determinant or predictive analysis. And the creators of the the assessment, the Myers-Briggs company, the creators and the publishers they've always been very clear about this. It is not a predictive tool. And yet that doesn't stop people from, from using it as such, unfortunately. Uh, and this is what one area that I, I personally really hate to, to see this happening is in the job application process. So let's just say, for example, okay, I mentioned I'm an ENFP type, but let's say I'm uh, from a a family of accountants, and I was trained to be an accountant, and I got a college degree in it and such. And I've come to learn that what I really want to do is to be an accountant. Now, granted, I have never encountered another ENFP who had that burning desire. So that's not to say that there aren't ENFPs out there who who are accountants or who are perfectly happy uh, working in that field. Uh, but when you start to learn about your type, and you do this preliminary research, and you see see this list of careers. Uh, that are associated with that type, Um, you know, as a side note, I'm going to say accounting is not going to be on that list for ENFPs. Um, But (laughs) does that mean that an ENFP can't be a successful accountant? Absolutely not. Personality does not mean competence. And I I think this is uh, one of the hugest misconceptions of the Myers-Briggs. The Myers-Briggs doesn't measure our ability to be successful or not. And, uh, and and frankly, there there are many, many reasons, uh, as you all both know, I'm sure, uh, aside from personality, that people choose the career fields that they do. Uh, I can tell you about another another limitation. This is really unfortunate. Uh, and that's that the Myers-Briggs assessment can be purchased by anyone who has graduate coursework in statistics or has a master's degree. You don't need a professional license to purchase it. And that's you know it, it is unfortunate mm. because it undermines uh, the credibility of, of the tool, and, and it, it's funny because I, um, as I'm talking about this, I, I wrote an article a few years back uh, entitled uh, Myers Briggs misuse and misconceptions, and if any of the listeners uh, are interested in my stance on that from a, a master practitioner's perspective, uh, you can go to my website. It's www.topcareer.com uh, and do a quick search. On that, and, and I do talk about the reliability and validity of, um, of psychometrics, not just the Myers-Briggs.
0: Great. And I also like that we're talking about this too, because it just emphasizes that you need that guide through this assessment. Even me, I mean, all of us have experienced this, but you take these assessments, you get these results, and you can start to feel like you are lacking something and incapable just from those results that you see. Um, I've taken plenty of, of of these before, and of course, Myers-Briggs is so in- insightful, but I have fallen into the trap of thinking, oh, I'm not detail-oriented because everything tells me I'm a big picture person. So I can't do te- details. I hate details, and they're going to yeah. bog me down, and I'm going to get frustrated and and just hate <laughs> working on projects that require that. But in actuality, it's not something that I can't do. It just requires me to take a little bit more time with myself, you know, and to say, we have to be dedicated here. We have to spend this, this effort. And make sure that we're going to do it. But I'm absolutely capable of being detail oriented. And I think so many of us can fall into that. Like you said, you put yourself in that box Mm -hmm, and you think, nope, this is who I am and this is what I can do and this is what I can't do. And so I love that we're talking about tapping into those other rooms that exist. We can go and visit those. We are absolutely able to walk across the hall and check that out and be successful there too. It, it's human nature, of course, you know, we we want to learn
2: more about our personality types, if you're into this whole concept. And I think it can be so helpful to, to so many people and validating. I mean, it really should be validating when you when you're learning about this. Um, and there's so much good information that you can find online, like, you know, articles and discussion forums and, and things like that. And, and, you know, at the same time to uh, what you're saying there, Megan, I think, you know, it also needs to be taken with a grain of salt. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, And one of the things that I'm this is reminding me of is, you know, it's a lot, of, a lot of people when they, when they learn about their personality type, they, you know, they do a Google search and they find out the celebrities who, who share their type, right? <laughs> right. So, right. So, um,
1: so true. So true. So,
2: yeah. So, so I'm, I think about this and of course, you know, I, I I'm drinking that Kool-Aid and I, I went right to that page <laughs> to find out that supposedly, you know, um, Sandra Bullock and, and jack black and robin williams all share my enfp preferences mm-hmm. um, all of whom i adore by the way uh, and, then, <laughs> and then you know if if you're believing what you read there's um bill cosby and Ch- charles manson who supposedly are also enfp type ah, and right? that was, you know but it, it opens up the, this um this door to there are healthy versions mm-hmm. and there's unhealthy versions of every type but you know i i Myself tend to be someone who questions um statistics and data and, and look try to look at things with a with a critical eye. And and speaking of what you were talking about before, you know, you can anybody can develop those things that don't come naturally. So this is me, I'm developing my sensing and my thinking side here. Mm-hmm. Uh so um the, fa- <laughs> the fact is it's 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 really nice to think that Robin Williams may have been an ENFP because he's somebody I really admire and I wish I were more like him, but you know, I don't know that for sure. So, so yeah, it's just a good reminder, like take, take everything um, that you, that you read online with a, with a grain of salt and just, <laughs> just apply um, what works for you now where you are um, in your life.
0: So that's a really good lead in to, to our next question here. Now we have this background and this foundational knowledge of what types are, how, how this um, assessment functions. So how can teens, young adults, students, you know, all of our listeners, how can they start to discover their type? Well, obviously a good place if, if they're
2: in college is uh, to go to their career development office uh, and hopefully seek out a, a career counselor, career counselors like yourselves, um, who can help them. And if that's, what, for whatever reason, not feasible, um, you can go to the uh, MBTI, Myers-Briggs Type Indicator Master Practitioner site. Quick Google search will, will take you there. Uh, and you can locate uh, certified professionals by location uh, or by expertise uh, who you can consult with. And, you know, for some people, uh, they may also feel more comfortable just going online and, and purchasing the assessment. And just learning about their personality type on their own. I mean, for for some people, that's that's the best way. I just personally think it's it's more effective to consult with someone who's experienced in, in personality right. type, you know, and mm-hmm. can relate it to that individual where they
0: are right now. And for that reinforcement that there are not these limitations, it's not it's this exa- one size yeah. fits
2: all. Yeah, exactly. And and if, unfortunately, that's that is what you're going to get. Um, you know, when you you get what you pay for, right? (laughs) With, with anything in life. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. No, so insightful, uh, incredibly insightful and, and fantastic information. And I think obviously the, the main points here is that, you know, this is an incredible tool and it's so important to be able to, to use it, to look at it, to understand and, and interpret it with a qualified professional and somebody that can help guide you to understand what it means for you as a, as a unique individual and you know, and this is something that we've said throughout the podcast already is that you are one of one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you are unique mm-hmm. and that, you know, I'm an INFJ, Megan's an ENFJ, and um, EDIS and ENFP, but that doesn't mean that we are exactly cut from the same mold as people with the same personality types. And we're going to have a lot of things that we do similarly and things that that we're going to do different, but it's important to to understand those differences and also to really think about what are those career fields that really allow us to, to be in our zone. And I like to say that that personality type, a lot of times when we get really clear on who we are and how it manifests for us, it's like swimming with the current rather than against the current. Oh, and yes.
2: Oh, that's such a good metaphor. I love that.
1: So, so Edith, I think, um, you know, you've provided such great information today. One of the things that I have uh, made a note of that I want to make sure that we incorporate into every episode, and I am going to put you on the spot here a little bit with this one, <laughs> Uh is... I think it's so helpful to have these incredible experts come in and speak about not only a a particular topic but an important lesson that young adults can take as they venture into their career journeys and so in the previous uh episodes we've been able to to look into that a little bit and and have uh, a few insights but I wanted to know from your perspective as somebody who has really done some amazing work throughout her career and has touched a lot of lives and been able to help so many people. I wanted to ask you, what do you feel was the best piece of career advice that you have ever seen? And it doesn't necessarily have to be one specific thing or come from one specific person, but but for you, what is maybe that one message that you can pass along to this next generation you know, and in in terms of a valuable lesson about what to do, or maybe even what to avoid?
2: Yeah, um, I love this question, by the way. And um, would it be okay if I if I tell a story to answer this?
1: 100%. (laughs) Yes.
2: Um, You know, as I was, as I was um, preparing for today, and I'm thinking about that question. First of all, thinking just um, how fortunate I've been uh, over my life, and I've received a lot of great career advice over the years, and some of it, really resonated with me at the time. And honestly, some of it didn't. And some of it, I just was not at a place where I was ready to hear it, if you know what I mean. Um, Mm -hmm. And the story I want to talk about is um, actually a a lesson that I learned just a few short years ago. And I don't know if this is going to count as advice per se, but (laughs) <laughs> um, it, it's a lesson I learn, and I try to remember it every day. And the woman who taught me this lesson, um, I'm ashamed to say, I don't even, I'm not even sure I remember her name because I'd only met her a couple of times and I have not seen her in years, but obviously the, this lesson is one I'm never going to forget. And, you know, sometimes those are the best lessons, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So, um, So so I'd had um, I'd only had a couple of of coffees with her and I I spoke with this woman in passing at a couple networking events. Right. So I'd been laid off. Uh, I got laid off a little over three years ago. And ironically, it was from my job as a career counselor. Uh, Mm. (laughs) And so so I was doing uh, what all of the experts say you should do. Um, You should get out there. You should go to events. You should build relationships with people. You should get involved, blah, blah, blah. All of these things, which are really good things to do but they don't always come naturally to everyone. I'm very fortunate in the fact that I'm a people person. I love people. I love meeting people. I love socializing with people. I'm curious about people. And mm-hmm. I, I like to think that I'm natural at it because I have a pretty wide circle of friends and acquaintances. Um, and I'm usually really good at getting people to open up to me. Uh, so anyway, I was at this networking event and To put it mildly, this particularly this particular event um, was just it was filled with stuffy people, and Mm. you know the you know the kind I'm talking about, right? Yes. Whether whether they are just they are socially awkward, or they're arrogant, (laughs) or they're just like unapproachable, unapproachable. Yeah, and then some of them like they're just pissed off because they have to be out there looking for a job for whatever reason. Right. Mm -hmm. And their body language and their expressions just say, leave me alone. I don't want to talk to you. (laughs) right? And it's so funny when you go to these events, because of course that's the antithesis of a networking event. Right. So, so I, um, I consider situations like this a challenge Mm -hmm. and I can almost always find common ground with people. Uh, I'm very proud of that ability. Actually, I can, I always find a way to break the ice and connect with people. But, you know, for some reason, uh, on this particular day, my charms just were not working. Mm. And I was getting discouraged. And it got to the point that I started thinking, something's wrong with me. Um, Obviously, like my personality is not as sunny as I thought it was or I don't know. I had a big fat pimple on my face, or lettuce between <laughs> my teeth, or something like. Just nobody wanted to have a conversation with me, and that stuffy air just started permeating through me. Mm. And then I saw that woman I mentioned earlier, and I'm like, "Thank God, a familiar face." Um, so I went over to her and I said, "Hi, I'm so thankful you're here." And um, and she was a volunteer photographer, so everybody was approaching her to get their profile pictures taken for LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. And I'm just kind of standing there on the side in this really awkward way. You,
0: you know how that feels. Right? I know. Yes, yes. yes um, I can picture exactly.
2: Well, well, she was busy. The woman was busy. And, and somehow she, she could get these people to interact with her because she had the camera. And I had nothing but a fake smile on my face. <laughs> and for me, at least in that moment, um, things just became more and more uncomfortable And it's the human instinct when you're in this situation like this, it's to flee. Right. And I really wanted to escape in that moment. I just wanted to make an excuse. I just wanted to get out of there. But something told me to wait. So I waited for this woman to finish what she was doing. And I helped her pack up her stuff. And we walked out to the parking lot. And I I just started. I just started bitching and complaining. I'm like, oh my god, that was painful. There were so many people in there. This is going to be a networking event, but you were the only friendly face I saw. And blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. I just needed to vent. I just needed to get out. And finally, when I was done, she just looked at me and she said the most simple thing: "Not everyone is like you." And suddenly, I'm like, holy crap! I'm the person who's always advocating for people to get to know themselves and to tune in into who they are most naturally. Nice. And apparently why am I not giving these people the same courtesy? Mm-hmm. So oh my gosh. yeah, I know. Right. So, so I was quiet for a long time and I, it, inside my, my head, um, the voices in my head, they started going down that woulda, shoulda, coulda path that mm-hmm. road of negative self-talk. Um, but before it went, I, I went down that path too far, she stopped me again. And she said, Edith, you have to remember that you are really into professional development and communication and self-awareness, but a lot of people aren't and it's hard for them. Mm-hmm. So, so I went home thinking about that and, you know, here it is, it's over three years later and I'm still thinking about it and <laughs> there, there's a lot of lessons there really. But, um, but for me, um, one of the lessons is, you know, in that short conversation, we, we, um, we need to honor ourselves. Yes. But we, we need to be in situations and workplaces, uh, where we can be authentic and that's where we're truly going to thrive. But you know, that's not always possible. And when it's not possible, what are we going to do? You know, if I, if I had left, like if I had given in to that urge that I had to flee, I wouldn't have had that, that conversation with that woman. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's the true definition of emotional intelligence. And this is regardless of personality type. How are we showing up when we're uncomfortable or stressed out? Mm -hmm. And that to me is the the true gauge of someone's character and someone's leadership potential. Um, The other lesson, uh, the other one, it's human. It's human to project. And what I mean Mm -hmm. here is um, unconsciously there's this assumption that just because this task is easy for me, or just because I do things this way, other people should be able to do it too. And that's just not true. Um, I mean, yes, I like to think that I have very good people skills and I can engage with anyone and put anyone at ease. But what if I was judged on my ability to uh, you talked about details before, Megan, like, what if I was judged <laughs> on my ability to to um, create this detailed Excel spreadsheet? Or what if I was judged on my ability to repair a car? Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I'd fail miserably. So mm-hmm. a, a big takeaway here is it's to try not to judge people um, against your own standards. Mm-hmm. Uh, and don't make assumptions about people because they don't fit into um, your own worldview. But try to meet people where they are. So I, I think those, um, that's my biggest piece of advice there.
1: Oh, absolutely beautiful. And what I loved about the piece of advice there was that you had several <laughs> important lessons that, that came through. And it's amazing that, that one statement, just one statement, it was just like, like a mental bomb went off you know, yeah. and <laughs> Right, And, uh, or, or in this case, a grenade, it took some time to blow up, <laughs> <I> know, <seriously. laughs> you know, and, uh, and it really did, And you know, it just kind of, it sat with you for a while and, and you took the time to really process it and say, what, what meaning can I get from this? And, and how can I grow and, and be a better, better person as a result of it? And I think it, I think it is, it's, it's so important, you know, to, to recognize that. And I'll speak as the lone introvert amongst the three here uh-huh. that, (laughs) that, that yes, those, those, uh, networking events and those, uh, times and situations where we're, we're kind of feeling like we need to do it or we have to do it. They're not always the most comfortable, you know, situations for people to be in. And, um, and so that, uh, you know, I think that was really, really great, you know, to be able to, to gather that, that insight from it. So, Mm -hmm. On that note uh i wanted to uh close out today's episode by thanking edith for all of her incredible contributions to the discussion today and you know this amazing episode really was about you know continuing on you know this path of self-discovery and really understanding how we can develop clarity to assess the terrain ahead and and knowing yourself as as edith pointed out is really going to be such an important part of that you're going to be able to understand how those various career paths are going to be able to fit into you rather than you fitting into them. And so it's going to be a really, really important um, process to take in. So your action steps now is to really go find a a credible professional who understands the assessment, um, take the assessment, interpret your results and, and have those discussions. So Stay tuned for next week. We're going to have an awesome discussion with Julie Brewer talking about insights, and we are so excited for that. So until next time, this is Your Career GPS and Your Journey Awaits.